need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of China Business Cast. We're on episode number 82. Mike is here, as always. Hey, Mike. Hey, Shlomo. What's up, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. You know, uh, I missed... You think we saw you at RISE a couple of years ago, but RISE conference is coming up in Hong Kong again, and uh, per- busy preparing, put together a Global From Asia community meetup during that on July 10th, and... We're also going to be there, actually. Well, not me, but my team. We won some kind of a competition in Beijing, and we got a booth there and tickets, so they're all going to go. So come visit us, the App in China nice. booth, but I'm not going to be there, so sorry for disappointing you guys. I'll try to get them on the vlog. <laughs> <laughs> get them on the vlog, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I just saw your and... vlog of, of, of uh, researching and moving out of China. That was a good one. Yeah, that was one of my more popular ones, I guess. Obviously, so people are really curious about that. It's over 10 years here. But, uh, you know, and also in July, I'll be checking out Southeast Asia. And like you you know, you're excited that Chiang Mai seems like one of the top picks in the, in the list. Uh, doing a lot of research about schools. And it seems really the best one for families. I know you, you've been there and enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, we were there um, beginning of 2017. We had two and a half months there. We sent our kids to our daughter to a nursery there. It was really, really nice. Like nice weather and like not too big, very relaxed. We enjoyed it very much. And uh, we're actually planning on going again. So we might get together end of this year or beginning of next year. So I'm excited. That'll be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool? We, we, we've hung out a few times, but imagine working together more. That'd be awesome. That would be great. And, and, uh, and you're you're going to Amsterdam. Yeah, we spoke about this just before the recording. Uh, just a short trip. Uh, it's not our typical one, but my uh, my actually my mother is taking us with her, and we're going for uh, five days, just a short trip to Europe, which is uh, cool. I've never been to Amsterdam, um, and she knows much more about it, so that would be that would be nice. Okay, great. And just some of our normal announcements. We have our, you know, one of our most popular announcements is always the WeChat group. Uh, I guess, of course, anybody doing business in China needs WeChat. So it seems to be a great way for listeners to connect and uh, and hear about latest updates. You can do that. I know we have Arena helping moderate and, and you know, people add us. We're we're upgrading a little bit. We have a web page, small little landing page, chinabusinesscast.com slash WeChat. And you can find uh, different ways and different user accounts to add to get requested and QR codes and stuff like that. So definitely check that out. Can you do, can you say the URL again? Chinabusinesscast.com slash WeChat. W-E-C-H-A-T. Awesome. And who's our guest today, Shlomo? Okay, I did this interview with Luke Anderson, Skywalker. And he's, uh, we spoke about the maker's culture in China and especially the one in Shenzhen. He's also living in Shenzhen. And we spoke also a bit about the local culture and the local maker spaces. So there is a lot of info there, really, really valuable. Um, He's also teaching 3D design classes, which was interesting to hear about. 
he's really a maker at heart. Uh, and, and I've never met him. Seems like a very, very cool guy. Uh, so that was an interesting conversation. So let's dive in. Awesome. Let's, let's tune in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of China Business Cast. We're on episode number 82. And today we have Luke Anderson Skywalker in, on our show. Welcome, Luke. Hi, everyone. It's amazing to hear that uh, they named the guy from Star Wars after you. <laughs> well, it's not famous, huh? You are famous. You are famous. So Luke came to China five years ago. He first taught English, but soon after he realized Shenzhen was a paradise for makers. As a young maker himself, he started riding the wave of 3D printing and teaching 3D design classes to kids. Now he has developed a full curriculum of STEAM classes and become a connector to people who are interested in looking for maker resources in Shenzhen. Did I introduce you right? Yeah, that sounds, uh, that, that just about sums it up, I would say. Awesome. So welcome to the show. Great having you. It's good to be here. So let's start first with, because we spoke a little bit before uh, the recording, about the term STEAM, which used to be STEM, and then the A was added there. So what's the right way to say it? Why it was changed? That would be a good intro for what we're going to talk about. Well, I'd say both terms are kind of used together. Different organizations, I guess, maybe would focus on, on one acronym and others, but Essentially, like, it's just one extra variable that's added. So STEM, as, as you may know, sound, stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. And the only other extra added word in there for STEAM is art. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the reason for this is that, of course, art is a very valid subject in this process of, of discovery and, and making, as I guess we could call it also maker education, is also a term that is thrown around sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in making things, we're not only exploring the, the scientific principles in the making, the technology, the engineering, the maths aspect, but we're also considering the aesthetic aspect of what we design not only the function, but how to make it look good. So I think art is very important. I understand. I understand. So you are the community manager of Wikifactory and, you're on, and you run your own STEAM classes. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what those title entitle, entail? Okay, so um, I'll just give a brief introduction of Wikifactory. Wikifactory is basically an online platform designed for with designers and makers in mind, uh, which allows them to initiate collaborative design and to project management for open source projects or even closed source projects. And also the future vision is to have it as a distributed digital manufacturer hub where all of those projects on the website could be manufactured anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, this sort of grew out of the WikiHouse uh, initiative, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. 
the wiki house was started by the the danish thinking that this could definitely be an avenue that i could make a living out of uh teaching all of these uh maker related subjects that i was interested in project to explore like alternatives uh for sustainable housing or you know uh prefab housing for disaster relief areas and uh through this project it was discovered that there's a lot of difficulties involved in doing these kind of international open source projects uh where lots of different parties are involved especially storing the files keeping the files up to date with the the latest revisions mm-hmm. seeing who changed what and when they changed it all of these kind of variables involved in the project so this this kind of brought about wiki factory as as they thought this this is a big problem faced by all open source and closed source projects so um uh, one way we could describe it is uh many programmers they will use uh, github mm-hmm. and uh now microsoft uh, yeah which has just been borrowed by microsoft yeah which allows programmers to store revisions of their code and allow different programmers to collaborate on software and and then keep a nice track of revi- history of the revisions of the code and mm-hmm. who added what and when it happened and have this nice sort of like paper trail if you will and so we could say that github is the wiki factory sorry is the the github for design and so my my part in this is we have a team based in madrid uh we have a team also in chengdu but i'm the solo guy in uh shenzhen who is sort of building the community here visiting factories to see if they are interested to integrate in our platform and uh looking for open source projects to add mm-hmm. to the website and uh yeah that's, that's that kind of what the role sort of um entails okay um and you also teach steam classes for kids as as i understand that's right so as you were mentioning earlier like i started out in shenzhen teaching english as as that's what i was doing back in the uk and then um i discovered uh 3d printing uh from mm-hmm. a visit to chaihua maker space which is a pretty famous maker space in china and uh from there i teamed up with some friends to uh who are running a small maker space to teach 3d design uh and 3d printing there mm-hmm. and i would say that like 3d printing was basically the gateway drug into the maker world for me after that i got into laser cutting and arduino and all of this kind of physical computing uh mm-hmm. and different aspects of, of making and mm-hmm. uh my love for teaching sort of naturally sort of brought me into teaching those subjects that i was passionate about uh, and that i uh i was quite new to myself the knowledge was still quite fresh from from my experimenting and researching about all different aspects of um of maker skills mhm mhm and so 
I've done many workshops in in almost all of the makerspaces in Shenzhen. I also work a lot with some of the international schools in Shenzhen. How many are there? Is, uh, I mean, international schools. No, make make makerspaces. Okay, well, it changes I mean, by the day. I assume. <laughs> there's, there's been many organizations that tried to do like a count up of all of the makerspaces in Shenzhen and. Uh-huh. Uh, The numbers range in the hundreds. I could say like there's there's probably only around ten sort of spaces in Shenzhen that I would uh, I would sort of say are legitimate maker spaces. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about that the uh, exp- your Shenzhen experience. So, being a young maker from a young age, what do you perceive as uh, perceive the makers? culture in Shenzhen compared to your home country which is which is the UK so like before I left the UK I wasn't aware of like the maker movement as it's sometimes called mm-hmm. I think the, of course this concept of making has, has been around since our early ancestors you could say uh, it's just only recently that this kind of label has been put on it by Uh, the Make magazine and this sort of yeah this sort of new uh, label that has been put on it. I would say like when I first discovered the maker culture in Shenzhen, I noticed that it was sort of heavily influenced by technology. So uh, it was generally focused around robotics or IoT. That was mm-hmm. st- just starting to become a popular thing back then. Also, like the the developing of apps, and um, generally, rather than sort of like a, a sort of hobby, a sort of mentality, it was sort of seen as more of a way to sort of uh, get make a startup and then then get rich overnight from some smart idea that's that's been turned into a product. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say there's there's definitely nothing wrong with that, but I think to get people passionate about something or interested from the start, I think uh, it's good to have making as sort of uh, as a hobby or like doing it for fun and just kind of discovering without any sort of requirement that you have to make money out mm-hmm. of out being a maker. So and I would say yeah. that. Uh, So, like the the UK UK making culture, I would say, is probably more focused on uh, doing doing it as a hobby, just doing something that you like. And I would say that uh, the focus is less on uh, electronics and robotics, although that is a big part nowadays. Um, I think that the, a lot of the maker spaces that I visited and spent time at in the UK. Have a very broad concept of making. Uh, it can be anything from, you know, pottery to taxidermy to home improvement. It it really could be anything. Oh. Uh, okay. Beer brewing, yeah. It's beer like, drinking. A very broad concept. Yeah. A beer drinking too. Yeah. That's definitely part <laughs> of the UK. Uh, UK culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that kind of stems from, like, of course, the industry 
industrial revolution in the UK, especially in the north where I'm from, saw a lot of the transition from uh, sort of hand making into uh, factory production for mm-hmm. all kinds of things, uh, textile, specifically textiles in the north where I'm from. But prior to that, there was like this this cottage industry where there were many sort of freelancers that would work from home making shoes and clothing and homeware, soaps, like all kinds of handmade goods. And then traveling salesmen would basically buy those goods from them and, and go and peddle their wares in the city. Oh. So I think there's been this kind of heritage of, of craftsmanship or uh, handmaking for a long time in the UK. Very interesting. And of course, in, in Shenzhen, this, it's a new thing. I want to ask you, especially about the classes that you're doing, uh, why did you choose to do STEAM education for kids in Shenzhen? And in the beginning, uh, as, as it was new, what were the challenges? So like, I, I don't specifically just focus on kids. I also do uh, adult courses as well. Okay. Um, I would say like, what got me started is, as, as I mentioned earlier, like I was teaching back in the UK before I came to China. I was teaching um, English to, to immigrants who had just arrived in the UK. And then I ended up in China teaching English. I taught it for about a year in Shenzhen and then decided like it wasn't really for me. And, uh, and that's when I started to sort of get into this sort of, uh, this making culture that we're talking about. And, um, actually like prior, like in my high school days, I'd started to teach myself 3d design and programming as I was sort of very into, uh, making games and animations. Mm-hmm. So I, I already had built these skills up prior to becoming interested in um, the maker culture. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of felt that like I'd rather teach something that I was more passionate about than English really. And so that's basically what kind of sort of steered me into that area. I was getting sort of kind of a bit jaded about like the English teaching market in China Mm -hmm. and seeing this exciting sort of maker culture in Shenzhen, uh, thinking that this could definitely be an avenue that I could make a living out of uh, teaching all of these uh, maker-related subjects that I was interested in. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. I see, but it seems that, again, I'm referring to the kids' workshops, that this makes a lot of difference for them for their future education. I mean, the concept of STEAM education is very hot now, and more companies are doing it. Um, And I wonder, in your opinion, what are the key elements in making good workshops for kids? What skills or concept will be really helpful for them in their early development? What do you see in your your workshops? I would say that's very true. Like STEAM is definitely 
uh, very hot in China right now, and uh, and I guess the rest of the world as well. And um, education is a huge market in China, and a lot of students are sort of losing sort of interest in the in the Gaokao, which we were seeing this week, like a lot of students taking the Gaokao, which which to those who don't know is it's basically like this standardized test that all high school students must take before they go to university. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of Chinese families are looking to send their kids to to overseas to study in foreign universities. And um, a big sort of uh, separation now, I guess, is happening in some universities in overseas that they just they don't want to see that like uh, they've passed these tests in China or like their their level of English is to a good standard. They're they're looking to see like a portfolio uh, of work that the the student is capable of. Mm-hmm. especially for students who are looking to enroll in computer science or engineering degrees overseas. A lot of these universities want to see, well, like, what are you capable of? What projects have you worked on? So, of course, then, if from an early age, uh, those kids have been working in makerspaces and making their own projects uh, then they'll they'll start to build up those skills of design and design thinking or critical thinking, problem solving from quite an early age, uh, and so they will have have these strong abilities by the time they're looking to go mm-hmm. to uh, Western universities or even to stay and study in in local universities. And so, like a lot of parents see the value in this. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, so obviously the popular, the, the, this kind of concept of STEAM education, as you say, is very hot right now in China. Mm-hmm. And usually, as we know, like, if there is some kind of hot topic in the market, a lot of people tend to jump on the bandwagon. And right. uh, we've seen that quite a lot. I think still a lot of parents are uneducated as to what STEAM really means. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just heard it on the news, and so a lot of sort of canny businessmen are sort of trying to cash in on this on these parents that are none none the wiser really, mm-hmm. and um, and so sometimes you tend to see like these kind of sense centers that are focused around robotics education, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it's not always the case. Uh, sometimes you'll have these places which really the 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 parents are just paying for their child to to play around with some robots really oh. uh, i wouldn't say they're learning a lot from it really you're and, you're, uh, you're really leading to my next question in the past few years you have held many maker trips in shenzhen what are some maker organizations or communities are worth noticing for a maker new to shenzhen what will be the must-sees or must-dos Okay, so we we held like a maker tour quite recently at the end of the, um, the Shenzhen Maker Fair at the end of last year, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't I didn't show all of the spaces I would have liked to show, but usually a good place to start is in uh, Huachang Bay, which is already kind of like a mecca of makers uh, for those who know about it. 
It's, it's basically the biggest electronic market in the world. And there we have two, two makerspaces, which are pretty well known. And they have a little bit of rivalry too. <laughs> what their names? Uh, we go in the, in the SEG Plaza, which is on the sort of right-hand side as you enter into the main Huachang Road. Uh, you have SEG Maker on the 12th floor of the, the SEG Plaza. And um, they have um, a fab lab. I don't know if it's an official fab lab or not, uh, but it's got a nice, uh, a nice array of uh, machines and tools. Mm -hmm. It's generally, I would say, more focused on those makers who come to Shenzhen who are seriously considering about making a product. Uh, they are, don't really focus on uh, maker education per se. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but like they have reasonable desks for rent and then included in your rent for your uh, working space, you can also use the tools in the lab. And okay. So, uh, that, that is one, right? From, yeah. Yeah. Apart from SegMaker on the other side of the road in, uh, Huachang Shijie, Huachang Electronics World, uh, you have Troublemaker, uh, which uh, is inside another center which was sort of set up by the, the Huachang group which is uh -huh. called uh, Huachang, Huachang Maker World I think. Uh, so basically Troublemaker is inside Huachang Maker World and uh, Troublemaker was set up by a bunch of foreign makers here in Shenzhen who were sort of unhappy about what current offerings were, were there and decided they could do a better job mm -hmm. and so I guess it's been running for a couple of years now. And um, basically they have a small lab uh, which has electronics testing equipment. Uh, they have 3D printers, CNCs. And uh, again, you can rent some office space and uh, you get to use the tools there as part of your membership. And again, that's mainly focused, focused on those, those uh, makers who are looking to come to Shenzhen and find factories and, and make a product. Got you, got you. And uh, so moving on then from Huachang Bay, like I would say um, Lab Zero, which initially was uh, Lichi Lab or Nanli Gongfang in Chinese. They've been running for some time and it originally came out of a small group of people that were working out of tech space, which was kind of a Chinese version of tech shop. And uh, so, so this is a very long-running community. And unfortunately, uh, in the recent months, uh, they've had to finally sort of uh, throw the towel in and um, re like uh, re relocate and sort of scatter from from the original place. Uh -huh. But uh, I would say, like this, this space is probably one of the longest running in Shenzhen, and and I would say has has the most diversity of, of any makerspace in Shenzhen as okay. uh, Lichi Lab. Uh, they were basically running the lab for a while. Some of the members were the aforementioned makers who came to Shenzhen to produce products and they would rent mm -hmm. desk space and use the tools. But on the other hand, um, some local Chinese and some uh, foreign makers decided to set up a maker education business there, uh, which was known as Lichi Lab. 
And uh, Litchi Lab is still, still survived. It's moved on to uh, a different area now. Um, but yeah, this was a very diverse makerspace. You had the whole education and entrepreneurship all going on in this this nice little space. So it's, it's uh, kind of sad to see see that go, you know, but um, the community still survives. Thankfully. Okay, thank you for for that. Uh virtual tours virtual tour of of the maker labs in shenzhen we'll add those in the show notes the links to those places and after the show i'll ask you maybe to send some of those links so we can add them uh, so if anyone wants to visit they'll be able to actually do it and then really see for themselves in shenzhen guys we're at the end of the interview so thank you so much luke for for uh joining us and uh really help help us understand how is team done these days in China and in Shenzhen specifically. If you want to get in touch with Luke, there are two ways. One is looking him up on wikifactory.com or .cn and you can sign up for their alpha right there. And the other way is on WeChat and that would be lucas.maximus89. I'll let Luke uh, uh, spell that. Oh, so there's no dot in there. Uh, oh, no dot. Okay, go ahead. Uh, no dot. Sorry. No worries. It's L U K A S M A X I M U S 89. So that's my WeChat. You can contact me there. And uh, all, all of this talk, I forgot to promote our own makerspace. So we have a nice makerspace down in Shoko uh, by the name of Steamhead. And uh, you can go and check our website there as well, uh, steamheadsz.com. Awesome. Great, great. Thank you so, so much uh, for that. Uh, guys, go ahead and check their uh, website and uh, learn how to become a maker. Thank you, Luke. Thank you very much for having me. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.